Well, hey again, everybody. How are we doing? How's Christmas Eve going? Good? All right. And we are, uh, we're still ramping up. We're singing. We've got more songs to sing. I don't think I can beat the cuteness of the kids' choir. Uh, But I do come to you with the same message the angels came 2,000 years ago, proclaiming good news of great joy for all people. Uh, That's not only at the heart of the Christian faith, um, but that's really at the climax of one of the most classic Christmas movies of all time. Um, Some of you are like, I don't remember them quoting Luke 2 in Die Hard. Uh, Not the movie I'm talking about, though that's a good Christmas movie. Um, Anyone know what movie I'm talking about here? Grinch is another good guess. We actually just watched that one today, was that? But no, uh, Luke 2's not in the Grinch either, as worthy and classic as that is. Does anyone know what movie that text shows up in? Charlie Brown, Snoopy. Any Charlie Brown fans in the room? Yeah. Man, that got more applause than the wise men last week. So good job, uh, good job, Peanuts. Um, and, and so here's, here's what I want to do. Um, I don't know how you walk in here tonight. Um, you might walk in here like Charlie Brown at the start of that movie where you're like, man, I wish I could be as jacked up and excited as the kids are. I wish I could be so into the Christmas season, but that's not where I'm at. And if that's you tonight, let me just say this. We're really glad you're here. Um, I'm glad you're here. Um, In fact, we pray for you. I think God has a word um, just for you tonight, if that's where uh, you find yourself at. Um, And still others of you, I know some of you come in here like Clark Griswold. You are dialed to 11, and you're like, Pastor, why did we stop the singing? Like, let's go. Let's keep it coming. And here's what I would say to you. Um, There is always more Christmas to explore. No matter how much you love Christmas, no matter how dialed to 11 you walked in here, there's always more to the wonder of this event to explore. Just like we read at the top, Mary continued uh, to think on these things and to ponder these things. And so that's what I want to do for the next 20, 25 minutes or so. Um, If you're from Fair Oaks, you're looking at me like, are you kidding me right now? 20, 25 minutes? Um, But it's Christmas. Anything can happen, right? All right. Someone, my wife believes. All right. So uh, we're going to look at that message of the angels from Luke chapter 2 in three parts. We're going to be looking at good news of great joy for all people. And with God's help, um, I believe as we reflect on these things from Luke chapter 2, God can send us out of here singing with a deeper joy than we walked in, much like Charlie Brown and his friends end up. Are you ready? All right, let's do this. Luke chapter 2, good news of great joy for all people. We'll start with good news. Um, A lot of people tend to think about the message of the Bible. Uh, I think even Christians tend to think of the message of the Bible as good advice. And uh, to be sure, there's some good advice in the Bible. Um, Like, I was actually just reading in the book of Proverbs where it says, answer not a fool according to his folly. And I was thinking about, that would have saved me so much time on Twitter this week. Uh, And so there's there's plenty of good advice in the Bible. Um, But according to the angels, Christmas is about something more than that. Christmas is about more than good advice. It's about good news. Uh, Here's the difference between those two things. If I could just lay this on the ground for you. Here's some good advice you tend to hear at this time of year. You better watch out. You better not cry. 
You better not pout. I'm telling you why. That's right. Santa Claus is coming to town. And he's making a list. Thank you, hon. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's been naughty and nice. Because Santa Claus, he's coming to town. And he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. I'm not going to sing the rest of it to you. That's an example of good advice that tends to go around this time of year. And, and I think a lot of us tend to think about Jesus this way. Where we, we tend to think as if Jesus came into the world to say, knock it off. Get your act together. I want to bless you if you could just get it together. So get off the naughty list for one year. Get it together. You better watch out. But I want you to notice that when the angels come, they don't come proclaiming good advice. They come proclaiming good news. In other words, catch this, Christmas isn't primarily an announcement of what you must do. But it's an announcement of what God has done for you and for me. Is that how you think about Jesus? Or, or, or do you picture him up in heaven, watching you while you're sleeping, making a list of all the ways you fall short and all the ways you need to be better? And, and look, I'm not trying to cap on Santa Claus here. We're big fans of Santa in our home, right? We just think Jesus is better, that's all. When Jesus comes to town, it's good news of great joy for all people, regardless of what kind of year you've had. And so even if you walk in here on the naughty list this morning, I come with good news of great joy that will be for all people, including you. But I'm getting ahead of myself. That's the good news. Um, and I would submit this is why we love Christmas so much. Because it's like a present coming down from heaven to us. The question is, is it the kind of present that's, I don't know how to say this nicely, so I'll just say it. Is it, is it kind of like socks? Where you're like, that's practical, I need that, I was running a little low, so I'm glad Christmas is here and I got my socks. Is Jesus coming to town kind of like that? Or is Jesus coming to town more like the kind of present that's a Red Ryder BB gun? Um, and so just to get some interaction here, let me ask, what's the greatest Christmas gift you've ever been given? Socks. <laughs> that's, that's good. Anyone else? It's okay to speak up in church. What's the greatest Christmas gift you've been given? Jesus. Okay, you win. You win. That's it. That was awesome. Okay. Um, but for the sake of just interaction here, let's talk about things underneath the tree. Well, Jesus is everywhere. Okay, yes, Jesus, we win. But okay, give me some other things. What do you got? What's some of the best? Kids, what's some of the Christmas gifts you've gotten that excite you? Horse statue. Horse statue. There you go. We've got some horse fans in here. Jojo, horses? Yeah. Well, tools, I hear that over here. Any more? Mousetrap. I hope the game and not the actual thing here. I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> um... What's that? One more time. Hula hoop. Here's mine. Anyone know what this is? Yeah. 
some millennials in the room with me, huh? Um, so when I was a kid, this was my Red Rider BB gun. I heard how fantastic the Super Nintendo was. But there's no way I was going to get it because it's out of stock everywhere. Not going to happen. And then one Christmas morning, I opened things, and pot's right there, and I still have it all these years later. Do, do you remember the joy that you had when you opened that great Christmas gift? Do you remember that place? What the angels are saying is Christmas is a lot like that. And, and you can see that in the response of the shepherds when they meet Jesus. It's good news of great joy. This is the second thing we're looking at. Christmas, it's great joy. It's open. The present that you thought you could never get kind of joy. It's the present that you've been hoping for. And we see this in the response of the shepherds when they meet Jesus. Look at verse 16. It says, They hurried to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph. And there is the baby lying in the manger, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And so what Luke tells us is when they see Jesus, they say, this is incredible. And so what they do is they go and they tell everyone because they are filled with great joy because this is what you do when you're really excited about something. You tell others about it. Even if it's like 30 years later in church, you hold it up and you go, can you believe this is what you do when you're really excited about something. You even speak up in a Baptist church when the preacher says, what was your favorite gift? That's what the shepherds are doing here. They are excited. They are filled with great joy, and they can't wait to go tell their friends after Christmas break what they got for Christmas because this is what you do when you're excited about something. You cannot stop talking about it. These guys experience great joy just like the angel said. And I want you to notice, it's not a joy that fades. Uh, look at verse 20. In verse 20, we read uh, that these guys, so they had their Christmas night. It's a great experience. And then they go home, praising God, singing to God. They keep praising God. They keep singing to God. And they continue on in this state of amazement for everything that they've seen and heard. And here's why I point this out. You can find joy in a lot of places. Like, um... Most of you can't wait to get home. You're like, we'll see if he hits this 20-minute mark here. Some of you can't wait to get home because you, you've seen the presents under the tree. And, and you have this anticipation that when I open those, those are going to light up my life. You can find joy in a lot of places, even in a video game or in hula hoops or in horses. You can find joy in a lot of places. For a day for a week, uh, maybe a couple of months if it's a really good present. If it's really, really good, you might play it for like five, six years until the next video game console comes out and for some weird reason you store it away only to use for a sermon illustration decades later. <laughs> but here's what I know. Here's something I'm keenly dialed into as a dad of three young girls. Everything you're excited about right now will eventually end up in the trash. All the stuff that you're so excited to open, because here's the thing, the gifts that we give on Christmas are but a shadow of the gift that God gave us. And if all you have is the shadow, then that joy begins to fade. Merry Christmas.
Some of you are like, well, I guess I don't need to finish my Christmas shopping after all. Just tell my kids it's going to end up in the trash anyway. Um, no, I, don't go anti-gift here. I'm actually here for your joy tonight. And so let me just share a bit of my own story to explain what I mean by that. Um, so, so I grew up in the church, and I never really doubted that Jesus was real. Um, everybody has their struggle in life. Um, mine was that I just thought Jesus is really boring. And so I had to suffer through church services and all the things my family would drag me to. And so Christmas, it was, it was maybe good news, but it was kind of like good news of socks. Like, you need this. Trust me, you really need this. But it wasn't the kind of thing that would get me jacked up and excited. That's what the Super Nintendo was for. It wasn't the kind of thing I would go to school after Christmas break and talk about. Christmas for me was good news, but it wasn't great joy. It was just kind of there. It was just kind of boring. And so um, eventually what, what it ended up being is when, when I got older, I walked away from the church thinking that like real joy, real excitement, real happiness is out there. You got socks over here, but you got Red Rider BB guns out there. And, and so I left the church. And, and I'll be straight with you. Here's what I found. I found some joys outside of the church. They faded real quick. Couldn't quite grab onto them. The second I got the Red Rider BB gun, I shot my eye out. And it wasn't until years later when Jesus grabbed a hold of my life. And I met him. Like not hearing about him, but I saw him. He spoke to me. When I met him like these shepherds did, then I saw what was here all along. And so it's like my life mission to point this out to people. Christmas is about good news of great joy. And hear me, it's a joy that lasts. That's the offer of Christmas. It's not come and get your socks. It's this is the most exciting news in the universe. And if that's not how you think about Jesus, you haven't met the real living Jesus. And so let me come back to Christmas gifts, because I'm not saying that we shouldn't get excited about Christmas gifts. Um, ask my kids. I go full Clark Griswold this time of year. My kids were making gift requests. There was a gift that was named that hasn't been given that was in faith mentioned over there. We go big with the gifts in our home. So I'm not saying that we don't enjoy Christmas gifts. What I'm saying is our joy has to be rooted in something more than presents. And holiday experiences with family. Because these good gifts are but a shadow and reflections of the greatest joy that we are really meant to dial into and celebrate at this time of year. And, and I'll tell you this, when your heart is rooted in good news of great joy, then all the shadows become a lot more fun to celebrate because they become glimpses and reminders of all that we have in Jesus. And so the question then is, well, what do we have in Jesus? What, what good news could be so exciting that it could bring me great joy? In spite of everything going on in my life, because it's not circumstantial, this is good news of great joy that affects, we saw last Sunday, the wise men, who were basically blue check marks on Twitter before you could buy it. These are social elites that are affected by this good news. They rejoice exceedingly with great joy. And then here we see in the blue-collar workers, in the shepherds, them rejoicing with great joy. This is for 
everyone, and I keep wanting to preach that last point here, but, but what good news could really affect that many people and bring that many people joy? Well, I, I love it when you ask the question for where I want to go, um, because we see the content of this good news in chapter 2 here as well. Let me just read from verse 10 and 11. We read that, but the angel reassured them. So the angel show up, these shepherds are terrified. And the angel says, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Verse 11, here's the content of that good news. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. See, this is what Christmas is addressing. Um, we all know that the world is broken. Um, a few years ago, even as recent as a few years ago, I would have to really preach that point and to really kind of deconstruct and unpack our lives. Now, after the last few years, I don't have to preach anything. I can just say, look out there. The world is broken. We all know this. And, and we all look to some sort of Messiah to save us. Um, for some of us, it's a political leader. Um, but it's Christmas, so I'm not going to poke that idol. Um, for others of us, it's a relationship that we just think, if I could get this relationship dialed in, if my kids could just come home for Christmas, if it can be this picturesque thing, then I won't feel lonely anymore. Um, and still others of us, you're laughing at the first two people because you're like, I don't do that. Well, here, I'll get you. Some of us, we have a Messiah complex ourselves, Where we think, if I could just produce the right Christmas experience for my friends and my family. If I could just produce this magical moment this holiday season, then all of the madness that is out of there will just fade away, and it'll be like a Hallmark movie in our home. It'll be peace on earth, and look, I love you. You're not that powerful. You don't have that ability because, catch this, according to the Bible, and I think your own experience, the world is really, really broken. And so even if all the kids come home for Christmas, even if you get that gift you were hoping for, even if all the circumstances in your life go just right and tomorrow is magical, eventually you'll have to return to the office and all the emails you said, that's a 2023 problem too. Um, eventually, you'll turn the television back on, and when the Christmas parade is over, they'll return to all the bad news in our world. And all the Christmas joy you will have worked up over the last day, it's gone. And catch this. That's the best-case scenario. What about the Christmases where it all goes haywire? Where Aunt Sally brings up politics at the table? Am I the only one that's had family experiences like that around this time of year? <laughs> Some of you are like, I thought this was supposed to be an encouraging message. W what I'm saying is we've got to get under the shadow to the substance of Christmas because this is where the joy is at. What Christmas is, is the announcement that a real Messiah, not a fake one, not a pretend one, a real Messiah has come one who can save us from the loneliness that we feel, 
One who can save us from the fear in our life. One that can deliver us from the guilt and the shame that we carry around like baggage on our shoulders. One who is strong enough to bring peace to this whole world by dealing with the sin problem that's at the root of all of this mess. You say, where's sin in there? Well, these same angels, when they show up in Matthew chapter 1, they say, hey, call the kid Jesus because he will save his people from lots of things, particularly the root cause, he will save his people from their sins. According to the Bible, the problem, the ultimate problem in your life, it's not out there in the world, it's in here. That we are broken by sin. And no matter how much you could fix the externals in our life, so long as we are broken by sin, nothing in our life is going to work right. And why these shepherds are freaking out is because a Messiah has come who can deal with all of it, who can deal with the sin problem that causes all the mess. And so if, if you need it in a, in a neat little summary, what I've been trying to say is that Christmas is the announcement that God himself has become human to save us. Track with me on that again. I said earlier, you're not strong enough. You can't fix the problem. Like, we can't, I can't even change the oil on my car. I can't change my heart. Some of you might be able to change the oil on your car, but you cannot change your heart, but God can and what Christmas is, the announcement, the angels singing that God himself has become human to save us. Ultimately, we know where the story goes. By dying in our place for our sins and rising again to lead us into a new life in his kingdom where we get to increasingly learn to live a life in response to his love and his mercy and his grace and his way of doing things. That's the good news that we call the gospel. And, and that's the answer to the brokenness in our world. Not that we can fix it. Not that given enough time, we humans can figure it out. The good news is that God has entered the mess. That God has come to do what we cannot to save us. Because he can. And, and when you believe that, you will experience great joy like the shepherds. Even, here's the crazy thing, you can experience great joy. Some we see in the New Testament is you can experience great joy even when you still live in the mess. Even when the Roman Empire is clamping down on you and making your faith illegal and persecuting you, you can experience great joy even in the mess because the same Jesus who came once to deal with our sin problem, he promised to come again and make all things new. And this is the hope that animated the first followers of Jesus to say, if the one who was dead and then walked out of the tomb three days later alive said it, then it's done. Just like he came once, he's coming again. This is the ultimate hope of Christmas, that this is who our God is. He's a Messiah. He's a Savior who loves to deliver us from what's broken and lead us into wholeness. And, and that's the good news we've been looking at for the past five weeks, if, if you've been here at Fair Oaks. 
When we ask this question, what child is this? We've been preaching that gospel when we say this child is God. This child is man. This child is savior. This child is king. What we're saying is God has become human to save us from all of our problems, ultimately our sin, to lead us into a new life in his kingdom with his way of doing things. That's the gospel. That's the last four of the last five weeks. And tonight, on the final week, I just want to pull it all together by pointing out one last thing in this text. This child is God, this child is man, this child is Savior, this child is King, and this child is for you. Um, Actually, the way the angels say it is this child is for all people. Um, And see, here's what I know. Some of you, you walk in here and you're thinking, not me. I'm not the kind of person who becomes a Christian. I'm just here to support my family because I I love my family, but that's not my thing. And and if that's you, um, I would just say this. You are included in the all people here. Um, All people means all kinds of people. No matter your background, no matter how you walk in here, this is an invitation of good news, of great joy that is addressed to you tonight. This invitation is you, to you to have your sins forgiven, to find new life in his name, to find resurrection hope that can lift you up even as the world seems so broken. It can be new creation bursting forth within you. This is the invitation of Christmas, and it doesn't matter how you walk in here doesn't matter your background. If if we had time, I would show you how shepherds were viewed in the first century. Uh, Spoiler alert, not well. Um, Nativity scenes, I think, have kind of ruined this for us, where we think of shepherds as these, like, cute little professions. And so we think if God comes into the world, surely they're the kind of churchy people that would go. But actually, it's the opposite. That these are the last people that you would expect A crowd of angels to show up to proclaiming good news from God. And yet when Jesus comes to town, they're the first one he comes to to make this point. Christmas isn't just for churchy people. It's for all kinds of people. And and I don't want you to leave here tonight hearing that in a generic sense because it's not generic. This is a present with your name on it. And kids, let me just ask you, what do you do with a present that has your name on it? You rip it open, that's right. You tear into it. You enjoy it because if I left this thing in the wrapping paper, I would have had no joy that Christmas morning. And I would have had no sermon illustration 30 years later. All right, you rip into it. You enjoy it because this is what you do when a present's addressed to you, particularly when it's a good one. And so we want to end our service by giving you a chance to do just that. Um, In just a moment, we're going to take the light of this candle we started service by lighting. And we're going to pass it around the building. Um, Hopefully without burning the place down. Um, Yeah, really. Um, But I will say this. This is a tradition that I love because it's, it's one thing to say the light has come into the world. It's another thing to take hold of that light for yourself. It's one thing to say Jesus is good news for you. It's another thing to say this is the first day of the rest of my life. This is good news for me. And really, that's my hope for you. No matter how you walk in here. If you walked in here a Christian, my hope is that 
as we pass this candle, this could be a moment where you, where you lean into good news of great joy for all people in a fresh way, where maybe you would say, Jesus, my life isn't marked by that joy. Would you renew that in me this Christmas season? Um, if you walked in here not a Christian, my prayer for you has been tonight that Jesus would give you the best Christmas gift ever and start you off on a new life tonight by giving you life in his name. And, and so let me just say this, whatever you believe, whatever's going on in your life, tonight is a fresh opportunity to take a visit and have an encounter and to see Jesus. To do what the shepherds did 2,000 years ago this night. They didn't clean themselves up. They didn't put their cigarette out and return all the stuff they stole before they went to go see Jesus. They heard good news of great joy that's going to meet me where I'm at, and they went for it. And so I want to invite you to do that. As we're singing these songs together, as we're passing these lights, I want you to come to him. And if you're like, Jesus, I'm not sure I've ever met you. Are you real? Are you out there? I would encourage you just to pray those prayers honestly and see how he would meet you this Christmas Eve. I want to invite you to unwrap the present tonight because this child is for you. This good news of great joy has your name on it. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you for leaving your home in heaven to come and live amongst us and to do what we could not, to be our Messiah. Um, God, sometimes this world feels so broken, it's hard to see you. Sometimes our lives are so broken, it's hard to see you through the mess. And so I pray that you would send your spirit to give us eyes that see this evening. That you would work the miracle you did with those shepherds. Don't let us be like the religious leaders in Jerusalem who say, yeah, he's out there in Bethlehem, don't go. Holy Spirit, would you open our eyes to all that Jesus is and all that you have for us in Christmas that we might rejoice exceedingly with great joy tonight, whether for the first time or for, for the thousandth time. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give us eyes to see that we might be filled with a deeper, greater joy tonight that would sing your praises and would bring us great joy and would send us out of here for our best Christmas ever. Jesus, thank you for coming for us. We love you. Happy birthday. Come again soon. Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody.